What's up, guys? This is Mike. This is Dave, and you're listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mike and Dave Podcast. This is Dave, and this is also episode number 42, a.k.a. the Jackie Robinson episode. Very excited for that. 42 is my favorite number because of him. So uh, I've been looking forward to this one. And I've also been looking forward to recording this episode, as you've undoubtedly seen from the title of the episode because you clicked on it. Uh, We're back to our tier list making ways. And this time we're going to be doing a mid-season tier list for the NFL, basically reviewing how the NFL season has gone uh, halfway through the season and putting teams where they should be in five different tiers, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you already know uh, what those are. Uh, No shots, long shots, hopefuls, contenders, and favorites. Took me a little second, took me a second to get there, but I got there. Um, So as we typically do with our tier lists, we are only going to do that for this episode. We aren't going to have any of the other segments uh, because we tend to ramble, but this is also a very special edition of uh, the tier list as well. Mike, you want to tell them about that? Yes, we're getting experimental here on the Mike and Dave podcast because it's episode 42, so why not try new things? Usually, we discuss the tier list ahead of time with each other. We come to an agreement on all 32 teams, and we present you guys with the finished product. Well, this time, we're giving you a sort of peek behind the curtain And we're figuring out the tier list live on the show. So we'll have our little discussions about each team. You'll see like how we go about placing these teams. And that'll be that. For sure. So as we always do, we start at the bottom. Uh, And so we're going to look at our old, or our old tier list, our preseason tier list, um, and go from there. And what we what we'll do is we will look at each team and collaboratively collaboratively decide which uh, tier they should go in. And then at the end, we'll go and actually rank the teams all the way from 32 to one. So going back to our old uh, tier list, I'm, I'm just going to call it the old tier list now because I just keep saying that apparently. Uh, and also in case you did not check that out and you want to go ahead and listen to that before this one, it's episode 36. So you can go and listen if you want to pause it and come back. Um, or don't because we actually got some of these pretty wrong. It seems like, so, you know, up to you, but this one we got completely right. I would have to say we had the Houston Texans at number 32. They've won one game so far and tied one game randomly and lost seven. That's not really a recipe for success. If anything, it means that you're probably last in the league and last on our tier list and definitely in the no shots. What do you think, Mike? Nothing really more to to add to that. The Texans were 32 for a reason. We thought they'd be the worst. Their record now reflects that. I'm comfortable putting them in no shots. And, you know, even, I mean, I'll save the numbers for the end to make it official, but yeah, Texans are no shot, and they should be basically the last team on this list. Now, at 31, 
You know how you said we got some of these way wrong? Well, here we go. We're getting right on into that. We had the Jets at 31. Now, here's the thing. There was precedent for expecting the Jets to be trash. Okay. 10 years worth. They've been, yeah, they've been trash for over a decade. So I don't feel that bad. Now, here's sort of the dilemma. Their record at this point in time is six and three, which puts them tied with the Bills for second in the AFC East. Now, our tier list isn't a reflection on who will get the most wins, but who do we think will be competing for a Super Bowl? So even though their record is good right now, I'm looking at these first two categories on our tier list. They're darn sure not favorites. I don't feel ready to call them contenders yet. So to me, hopeful seems to be the right spot. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Also looking at their future games that they have to play. Um, they play the Patriots this weekend. That's That could kind of go either way, I think. They also have games against the Vikings, Bills, Seahawks, and Dolphins left. Uh, those are a lot of tough games that are with teams that are right around their their record. And some of those teams, I think, are probably just better than them anyway and should win. So, yeah, I, I think it's still not set in stone that the Jets make the playoffs, but I think we have to put them in hopeful to to commend their their season so far. And from, from what we've seen, they can hang with a lot of these other teams. I mean, they beat the Bills. They beat the Dolphins already this season. Um, so they've definitely shown that they that they can win tough games. But yeah, I think hopeful probably works for them. Now, now shout out though to Sauce Gardner because I know we were high on him coming, uh, coming out of college, coming out of Cincinnati. And he's been the real deal from the jump. I mean, he's been phenomenal for them uh, in that secondary. So I just wanted to give him some love too. But they are being held back, at, as we may have guessed, by quarterback play, and that can come back to haunt them down the line as well if they get into like, you know, high pressure situations. They don't have the guy back there. I think, like their record is good, but reality will catch up with them. Mm-hmm. And it was a shame about Brees Hall too getting injured because he was balling before that, and it's kind of yeah. like running back by committee now, which has has worked for them in the last couple of games, but. Yeah, it's um that that was a shame to see. Now, moving on, we had the Bears at 30. And I've got to say, Justin Fields the first 4 weeks of the season compared to Justin Fields the last like f- 5 weeks or whatever it, it's been, it's night and day. And I've just got it I one of the things that just makes me so mad is when coaches or coordinators put their philosophy above their personnel. And what I mean by that is if, if a coordinator or a coach or whoever wants their quarterback to be a pocket passer, sit back, dissect a defense, then that's great. But if you have Justin Fields as your franchise quarterback, that's not going to get it done. And we saw how terrible the bears were in the first few weeks of the season. It's like somebody just 
flipped a switch and they were just like, wait, what if, what, what if we, we had Justin Fields, uh, as a, a running quarterback option? And what if we, we had some design quarterback runs and we got him some easy throws off of play action? What a concept. And now look, Justin Fields has had two of the top 10, uh, games in terms of quarterbacks, quarterback rushing yards, whatever he's, he, he's been balling out there. That's the point. Um, and it doesn't really matter in terms of the bears record. Like they're not going anywhere this, this season. Um, so I would, I would put them in the, the no shots, but I mean, at least we've seen some improvement from Justin Fields and they're still losing these games, but at least their, their offense looks a lot better. Yeah. And we talked about this on the last episode, but yeah, just what a concept, you know, uh, when you were talking about coaches just trying to implement their schemes, regardless of personnel, it just reminded me of when Phil Jackson went to the Knicks and was like, do the triangle. And everyone's like, you have Carmelo Anthony. And he's like, but the triangle, it's like, no, how about shut the hell up? And like, learn how to adapt your scheme to your personnel and not the other way around. But technically the bears are at the bottom of the NFC South right now because they're three and seven and the lions are three and six I, with the way that fields has been playing. And you know, the coaching staff's actually in tune with his abilities, at least you know more so than they used to be. Uh, I imagine they'll end up passing Detroit, but probably not green Bay and Minnesota. So yeah, no shot or in the no shot tier they remain. Now, uh, next up, we have the Giants, who are 7-2, and two, um, behind the Eagles in the NFC East, formerly the NFC least, but, I mean, j- first of all, let me just say about that division, Washington is at the bottom at 5-5, five and five. I mean, spoiler alert, we'll talk about them, but what I've been shitting on as the NFC least for as long as we've been doing the podcast is the only division in the NFL that doesn't have a team with a losing record. Oh, I'm sorry. With It's them in the AFC East. What's up with the East? Okay. Anyway, the beasts those are the, the only East. two divisions. The beasts <laughs> of the East. Those are the only two divisions that don't have teams with losing records. So power to them. Now, Giants, uh, Daniel Jones was having himself a nice little stretch there. Let's start with that. Um, their defense has improved tremendously, I would say. Uh, I mean, looking at the past few seasons, it'd be hard to be worse than what they were doing. Uh, offense has been a little more consistent. And I mean, I mean, they're seven and two. I was going to say, like, for me, you got to start with, number one, the hiring of Brian Dable. Like, that has completely changed the culture of the Giants franchise, it seems. Um, That compared with, or not even compared, that added along with the renaissance of Saquon Barkley looking like his former rookie self. That That has been what's driven the Giants to this record. And it's not like the Giants are blowing teams out or anything. I mean, 
I, I don't think anybody who's watched the Giants would say like, oh yeah, they're like a, um, they're one of the best teams in the NFL necessarily. But what they have done is they've gotten the results, and Dable has them believing that they can win, which I think. If anything, a staple of the Giants teams of the last few years have been, nope, they'll, they'll find a way to lose. They almost look like defeated before they even walk on the field. And now it's the opposite. So you got to give a whole lot of credit. And I think when we uh, were making our preseason tier list, we did not uh, factor that in enough of the hiring of, of Coach Dayball. So obviously a huge shout out to him. As far as the tier goes... I mean, they're seven and two. That cannot be ignored whatsoever. It feels weird to call the Giants contenders. For me, it's got to be between hopeful and contender, but I would be willing to hear it out just because they have been so good. Um, looking at the rest of their games, I mean, it's kind of in their hands. They're, they still have to face the Eagles twice and the Commanders twice. Um, so that'll obviously impact their their standing in the division a lot. And then they have other games against the Cowboys. That one will be tough. The Vikings, that one will be tough. And then games against the Colts and the, the Lions, which should be a little bit more, more winnable. But that's that's pretty brutal. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. What, what are you thinking? Are you thinking hopeful or are you thinking contender? To me, it's got to be hopeful, but... Towards the top of the hopeful category when we get there. Yeah, I think so too. Speaking of which, this <laughs> next team, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, we had them at number 28 in the no shots category. Who could have seen this coming? Geno Smith outperform, like not even just outperforming, blowing Russell Wilson out of the water this season. Uh, what a story that's been. Uh, Kenneth Walker balling out for him on the ground after Rashad Penny's inevitable injury. Uh, and the defense playing a lot better. I mean, Tariq Woolen, like what a legend that guy is. Uh, now, he got like the one of the easiest picks you'll ever see when Fournette tried to pass it to Brady and Brady fell down. Like, <laughs> they all, I, I, I if, if anything, um, comes out of that though. Like my big takeaway is at least they showed that the quarterbacks just like standing out there and maybe like once out of every hundred times, they will actually try to throw it to them. So, cause I always thought like, why is the quarterback just standing out there like a receiver? Everybody knows they're not actually getting past the ball. Um, but they, they tried it. I mean, it failed miserably, but that doesn't take anything away from Willen's amazing season so far. So shout out to him. And just the Seahawks, who everybody kind of rode off after Russell Wilson left, and it turns out that that was <laughs> that ended up being a masterstroke from from the Seahawks franchise. So, um, I mean, they're they're sitting pretty right now. Um, oh, why can't I freaking find? Hold on. Um, yeah, they're they're sitting. At the top of the NFC West, and you got to give them credit. I mean, six and four—it's not amazing. They just lost to the Bucks uh, in Germany, which that was a crazy game too. Um, but 
I don't know. What are you thinking for them? I'm, I'm thinking hopeful. Here's the thing about the Seahawks to me. I mean, first of all, yeah, props to Geno Smith. Uh, 17 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio is really good for him. Um, as I'm looking at the Seahawks, upcoming games, they've got the Rams, uh, they got the 49ers, and then Rams again, uh, all in their division. And yes, I know that the Seahawks are above them right now. I hate to just sound cynical. I don't know how reliable that is. Um, I'm pretty sure they beat the 49ers before. Yeah, their win against the 49ers was the... No, I'm sorry. They lost to the 49ers in week two. And now the 49ers have tooled up and gotten... Christian McCaffrey. I expect the 49ers to win that game. They also have to play the Chiefs and the Jets. I anticipate them not finishing the season atop their division, which makes their uh, playoff chances suffer a bit. To me, they're a long shot team. I look at this team and I don't see a team that I imagine winning the Super Bowl, let alone any playoff games if they get there. Like I, I'm I'm looking at the long shot category for this team. Okay. Um I'm still kind of thinking hopeful because the NFC is not nearly as strong as the AFC. I mean, right now, the only teams that have better records than the Seahawks in the NFC are the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Giants. And I guess technically the Cowboys because they've played one one fewer game. But like, it's. I think it could go either way. I could be swayed into the the long shots, but I, if they're a long shot, then I feel like they've got to be at the top of that list. Oh yeah, I could definitely live with the very top, like towards the top, if not the very top of the long shot. All right, let's do that for now, and then once we've gone through and know how many we have in each tier, then we can. If we need, if we feel like we need to adjust, then that's fine. But I feel like typically long shots are our, our smallest category anyway. So, yeah. Now, next up, we have the Falcons. Hey, the playoff contending Falcons. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, the, according to the Falcons' I, social media, they are. According to the standings, they kind of are. In literally any other way, though, they aren't. I mean, if like, if they were playoff contenders, they would have beaten the Panthers last Thursday. Yeah. But they, they couldn't even do that with PJ Walker at quarterback. Like, come on, bro. Now now don't get me wrong. I'm happy to see the Falcons lose. Like, give us the good draft picks. Like y- y'all see four and six. I'm like, no, we should very, very well be two and f- two and eight right now. You know, if dreams came true, but no, and we couldn't even beat the Saints, which is yeah. the one game we want like, we wanted to win in the first place. Yeah, to me, a perfect season for the Falcons this year would have been two and fifteen, with the two wins being against the Saints, and both of them being like wins by forty. You know, that's brutal, um, but fair. But but no, <laughs> just can't give me what I want. Four and freaking six. And, and the worst part is we just know that, A, 
they're not going to have a shot at the Super Bowl. They belong in no shots. I'm I'm planting my feet in that ground. But second of all, they're going to win plenty more games. I say plenty. Like, they're going to win at least like four more games. For no good reason. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I think there is a potential good reason is that they have a really easy schedule. Like, the only team that they face that's above 500 right now is the Ravens. The rest of their games, which they have seven games remaining, are all either teams at five and five or under. So that just means, if if anything, I'm looking at that and I'm saying the Falcons go eight and nine, end up with a draft pick right in the like the the teens, like you know drafting like seventeenth or something like that, um, and barely miss out on the playoffs or something. And it's like. Yep, this is exactly what we didn't want to have happen at the beginning of the season that we were scared of. But that we said would happen. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. Um, I'm I'm fine with putting the Falcons in no shot. Like, they, they are not winning the Super Bowl. If they make the playoffs, it's a miracle. So. Yeah. But it's not a miracle we're hoping for. Now... Okay. Well, okay. I'll say this. I would much rather them make the playoffs than go like eight and nine and miss the playoffs. Like to me, it's either, all right, if you're going to at least be like kind of decent, at least make a playoff game because that's, you know, it's still like exciting. Like I still, I'm still a fan of, of Atlanta and the Falcons, but, um, I, what I really don't want to have happen is we just end up in the middle where we don't even have a playoff berth to go off of. Um, that's that's my... I was going to say nightmare. It's a little dramatic, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's like eight and nine missing the playoffs is worst case scenario. But, you know, I'd much rather go three and 14 than nine and eight and get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. But we don't even have a chance to go 3-14 and 14 anymore. Yeah. So. Because they ruin everything. You can't even lose correctly. Come on. Whatever. Speaking of teams that know how to lose, though, we've got the Lions. Who we had at 26. Well, I mean, we can talk about culture and everything. But technically like we said earlier the lions are ahead of the of the bears because they've played one fewer game but don't worry they'll be trash uh they still belong in the no shots category uh with the bears i mean amon Ra st brown has been good for them but i mean we talked last week about their uh, trading TJ Hawkinson. Uh, that makes them worse right now. Uh, I mean, they get the draft picks, but you already know how. I f- if you were listening last week, you know how I feel about that trade. But upcoming games against, excuse me, the Giants, Bills, Vikings, Jets, Packers, like plenty of. L's right there that they should expect and then also they play the Bears and the Jags um, both of whom 
can and may very well beat them. Uh, and then the last game left is the Panthers. So, like, we could realistically see the Lions only pulling out one or two more wins, ending up four and uh, four and thirteen, five and twelve, somewhere in there, firmly in the no shots category. Yeah, I think they're they definitely are in the no shots. To be fair, the Lions they have just won back to back games. They beat the Packers and the Bears. Um, so like, you got to give them credit, and I I'm happy to see that that they're actually winning a few of these games. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's a long rebuilding process in in Detroit for sure. Uh, next up, we have the Jaguars, who we had at number 25, still in the no shots category. And I think they should also just remain in the no shots category. They're three and seven right now. And, uh, you know, I think there was some optimism with the Jaguars at the beginning of the season. Uh, they lost to the commanders in week one, but then they beat the Colts when we thought we expected the Colts to be better than they actually were. They actually shut the Colts out, which you never see nowadays. Um, and then they destroyed the Chargers 38 to 10. Everybody's like, oh, the Jags are back. Like, maybe this is, there's something happening here. And then they end up losing to the Eagles, the Texans, the Colts, the Giants, and the Broncos. Which, a lot of those teams are not very good this year. A couple of them are, but... I mean, losing to the Texans, literally, that's the Texans' one victory, and you scored six points against them. Like, come on, guys. Um, Trevor Lawrence has shown some improvement. Christian Kirk ended up, I think, being worth the money. He's He's been a really impact addition. Uh, they need more out of Trayvon Walker, to be honest. He has not performed like the number one pick so far. He's been all right, but not number one pick worthy. Uh, and other than that, I think it's, it's another season of trying to uh mop and um get all the the last little crumbs of urban meyer out of the building and make sure that um their new era uh era with doug peterson ends up going a lot better i think it already has um and trevor lawrence looks a bit better than he did last year which is important for him obviously so i think they're moving in the right direction but definitely a no shot team i don't really have much to add to that i agree with everything you said um perfect i'm just looking at the rest of their schedule bunch of l's to be coming ravens titans cowboys jets titans again hey texans again Uh uh-oh revenge game but (laughs) <laughs> revenge game against the worst team in football wow but yeah jaguars that's a um a no shot team panthers we've been talking about their struggles like indirectly so far uh so i guess we could just talk about them directly now they've started pj walker at quarterback this season uh and they've traded away superstar running back christian mccaffrey also, they suck. Like, hey, they also they, traded away Robbie Anderson. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> that that was a smart move. <laughs> I mean, Robbie Anderson convinced me handedly that I should never care about anything he's up to ever again. 
fantasy football, it really leaves an impact, I suppose. Um, yeah, the Panthers, Baker Mayfield didn't work out. Shocker. Uh, it's not like PJ Walker's been any better, though. Like, I don't know why they, I mean, I know why they're starting PJ Walker. It's so they can lose more games. <laughs> like, that. that's what it comes down to. I mean, Baker Mayfield is not, has not been good. PJ Walker has been abysmal. So, yeah, the Panthers, interesting choice. They they apparently turned down two first-round picks for Brian Burns. You know, I love Brian Burns, Florida State guy. Um, very, very solid young pass rusher. Two first-round picks is a lot, though. So that, that'll be interesting. It's interesting that they decided to trade McCaffrey and not him. But, yeah, I mean, it's another season probably at the, the bottom of the NFC South for the Panthers which just makes the Falcons loss to them all the more embarrassing. So, yeah, it's it's a shame. Now, next up, I mentioned this team briefly earlier. Uh, the Commanders. They're at the bottom of the NFC East at 500. Their next two games are against the Texans and the Falcons. Okay. Then they have back-to-back games against the Giants. And then we got the 49ers, Browns, and the Cowboys. I I mean, I probably would have guessed that they would have had a losing record at this point in the season. But looking forward, I, I don't feel super convinced that they're going to jump up like two, three spots in their division, not past the Eagles, certainly not past the Giants. Um, the Cowboys, it's up in the air, but I wouldn't bet on it. And fourth place in the division to me still merits no shot, even though their record indicates better than what we usually have for a no shot. So to me, like initially I'm looking at no shot or top of the no shot, bottom of the long shot area. Yeah. Taylor Heineke, what a guy, uh, out of Collins Hill High School, um, back in our old stomping grounds. Uh, what a gamer. I mean, Carson Wentz apparently is still not quite ready to come back to practice, so Heineke's going to start again this Sunday. It really shouldn't even be a competition at this point. Like, Carson Wentz is not good. He does not uh, help you to win football games. Heineke does regardless of what the arm talent might say, regardless of whatever else, Heineke is just a good football player and a good teammate. And really like every time that he is in the game, the team rallies around him. They love him. And so, you know what? You got to give him a lot of credit and behind him, the commanders have, uh, I mean, they lost to the Vikings uh, by three, but they just beat the Eagles and gave them their first loss of the of the entire season. Like, that was a statement victory before the season, or not even before the season, but, like, um, earlier in the year, if you had said, like, Taylor Heineke would, would lead the Commanders to, you know, to beating the Eagles in Philadelphia, like, you would not have expected that. So, I got to give the Commanders a lot of credit. I don't see them contending, really. Um and because that division is so tight, it's kind of hard to say what what's going to happen. Um, but like you said, they face the te- the Texans and the Falcons. 
they theoretically should win both of those games and be seven and five going into those back-to-back games against the Giants. And then who knows what will happen, you know? So I would say long shot, like bottom of the long shots, um, I would feel better about than no shot. But that's just me. You said you'd feel better about the no shot? No. I said I'd feel better about the bottom of the long shot rather than the no shot. Oh, okay. Okay, I missed her, Jay. Then, yes, let's uh, let's do that then. Because I also feel better about that. Okay. And that wraps up our original no shots category or tier, I should say. Um, moving into who we had as the long shots. Number 22, we had the Browns. Um, they were really hoping that Jacoby Brissett would be able to lead them to a decent record. Around, hopefully around 500, Deshaun Watson would come in and save the day. Um, meanwhile, they're sitting three and six, tied for bottom in that division with the Steelers, and they're facing the Bills this Sunday. So not only that, but then they face the Buccaneers. They also have the Bengals and the Ravens left on the schedule, and the Browns haven't really shown me anything to to say that they should be anything other than a, uh, a no-shot. Nick Chubb is great, but other than that. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Nick Chubb is great on my fantasy team. Thank you. But Nick Chubb is not, like, making this team actually competitive. No. Uh, And Deshaun Watson late season heroics are not. Like, this team's not, doesn't look to be going anywhere. So I'm comfortable with them in the no shots. And also Deshaun Watson hasn't played football for like two years, so we don't even know what he's gonna look like. But yeah, we're thinking about the old you know the old Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Number twenty one was the Saints. Uh their quarterback situation has been a revolving door, and whether it's been Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, for like two plays a game, Taysom, Taysom Hill, none of them have been good. Um Michael Thomas is out on injured reserve again. Uh, shocker there. Chris Olave ended up being a pretty good first round draft choice for them. He's been doing well, but the defense also is not quite the same as it's been in years past. And the offense is very inconsistent right now. They're sitting at three and seven uh, bottom of the NFC South along with the Panthers and Things you love to see, but also I think I, I could comfortably put the Saints in the, in the no shots. Yeah, I uh, I don't know that I expect them to finish the season at the bottom of the NFC South, but I mean, the their schedule for the rest of the season isn't exactly a super easy one. But even if they even if I'm right and they go up to third in the NFC South, yeah, that's that doesn't mean they're competing for a Super Bowl. They're not winning. So, yeah, I'm good with no shots for the Saints. After them, we had the Steelers. And, okay, Kenny Pickett, he's a rookie. I understand. But two touchdowns to eight interceptions. He's been sacked 18 times. Uh, Najee Harris has all of one touchdown this season. Um, 
compared to Kenny Pickett's three on the ground. And that's leading the team. Uh, the team has six rushing touchdowns this season and six passing. They've played 10 games or nine games. Uh, Steelers are sad. And what's more sad is that I'm having to say that about a Mike Tomlin team. You know, how I feel about Mike Tomlin and it, it pains me to think that this is going to be the year that he has a sub 500 team, but all arrows point to that right now. Yeah, I think it could potentially be close. They have some cupcake games left. Um, well, you would think they'd be cupcake games for the Steelers. Um, it was. I think. I feel like this was always going to happen, though. They had the the transition at quarterback. Um, offensive line is terrible. The defense. I mean, T.J. Watt being out for most of the season really didn't help. Now Minka Fitzpatrick is out. Like, you can't expect them to like to be able to just continue to be a, a playoff contender, even a hopeful with all of these changes. And that's why we put them in the long shot. Um, I mean, they ha- they probably have to be a no shot. I-, I can't see Kenny Pickett improving so much that he he can lead them to a you know winning record, sneaking into the playoffs and making a run. I don't I don't I don't see that happening. But I so I guess we have to put them in the no shots, which is kind of crazy to say. I agree. I. I'm just gonna hold on hope that hold on to hope that they can get up to 500 just for Mike Tomlin's sake. But yeah, even even if that's the case, if we look back at this at the end of the season and go, "Wow, they got to 500," no, no shot was still the right call. So like their their ceiling now is top of the no shots at 500. Mm-hmm. Now this next team is it's kind of, it's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, we had them at 19 in the long shots tier it's the new england patriots and i don't know what to make of this team like i feel like this is the the classic bill belichick making the most out of what he has and i don't think that they have a great roster but they are certainly being coached and uh are are competitive most weeks right now they're they're sitting at the bottom of their division at five and four which is crazy to say. I mean, how how long did the Patriots dominate that division? And now they're like ha- over halfway through the season, they're at the bottom of it. Like that's just kind of crazy to think about. But it's true and honestly, I think the three teams that are ahead of them are better. I think the Jets are actually better than the Patriots, which is crazy to say, but I think that they are and Therefore, like you can't be last in your division and expect to make the playoffs, but it's still Belichick and it's still the Patriots to a certain degree. So like maybe the bottom of the long shots, but maybe the no shots. Like I feel like we just have so many no shots already, you know? Yeah. And, and I guess that's fair. Like at the, if we're looking at the preseason, there's a lot more, you know, that we don't know. Um, there's a lot more variability, but midseason we've seen half of these teams, like we've seen nine or so games from these teams, and that means for a lot of these teams we've seen enough to go they ain't winning. 
the Patriots, first of all, how it's it's just weird. Mac Jones has more interceptions than touchdowns. Oh, that's not the second year I was expecting. Good lord. Billy uh, Zappy. It's zappy uh, time. Uh, <laughs> um it feels blasphemous to put the Patriots in no shots. I I I think I want them to be the last like the bottom team in long shot. I think that's um, that's fine with me. Okay. So that already means the commanders get bumped up one spot so they're not, so they're not the bottom of the long shot. Yeah. Okay. Um all right, here comes another one where we were probably a little bit more pessimistic than we should have been. Miami Dolphins we had at the top of our long shots tier at number 18. And speaking of the AFC East, they're at the top of the division right now. And I'm sure you you may have already heard this stat because it's been going around, but every game that Tua has both played in and finished, the Dolphins have won aka seven of their 10 games, the three games where he was not playing, obviously due to that concussion, uh, they lost and looked pretty terrible doing so. So you've got to sit there and think, like if Tua stays healthy, can they keep up this pace? Their offense with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Tua distributing the ball to him has been unbelievable. Uh, the, The addition of Jeff Wilson Jr., it's looking like a great pickup for him. Him and Mostert, I mean, they're basically just like, all right, we'll take all the the 49ers running back, like ex-49ers running backs, and <laughs> uh, that's totally fine with us. And so, you know, the Dolphins, they're facing the the Texans. That will be an easy dub. Um, so they'll be at eight and three. And then they've got some, some good litmus tests uh, with the 49ers, the Chargers, and the Bills. So... And then after that, they have the Packers, Patriots, Jets. So it's not like the, uh, it's not the easiest schedule. It's also not the hardest. But I think we'll really see like are the Dolphins for real, uh, getting towards the business end of the season. I've got to say though, I really, I really like what I've seen from them, especially their offense and the way Tua has been playing. I mean, he's been playing like an MVP candidate in the games where he's been healthy. He's been unbelievable. Tyreek Hill leading the league in receiving yards, like their offense looks scary good. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking contender, our first contender. Yeah. Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards than eight out of 32 NFL teams, uh, which is wild. Uh, yeah. It took him half the season to eclipse the, a thousand, the thousand yard mark for receiving yards. Um, yeah, the Dolphins have been fantastic. It's crazy. Uh, to uh, 18 touchdowns to three picks, uh, doing a great job taking care of the ball there. Yeah. Um, I also think the Dolphins could be contenders. Wow, good on them. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll see where they rank among that, but that feels like the right category right now. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Mike McDaniel, too, head coach of the Dolphins. Um, especially after everything with Robert Flores and like how that all ended up, he's come in and Brian Flores. Yeah. I feel like Robert, I think Robert Flores is like an MLB network, uh, <laughs> like guy or something. Anyways. Yes. 
Brian Flores. Um, he's come in and, and done a, a a great job with getting, you know, he's been exactly what Tua needed, I think. And then obviously adding Tyree Kill, adding Teron Armstead at left tackle. Like, So yeah, shout out to the Dolphins for blowing our preseason expectations for them out of the water. They've been great. And speaking of blowing our preseason expectations out of the water, at the bottom of our hopefuls, but no longer a hopeful, either a contender or, dare I say it, favorite, we've got the Minnesota Vikings, the team where I actually want them to win football games that I'm a, and the team that I'm a fan of them. So all I've got to say, we, ha- we had to talk about that Bills-Vikings game from last week. I mean, that has got to be, I know there's, it's everybody saying like game of the year or whatever. Like, I can't think of a last like minute of the game that was, that was as crazy as that one. I mean, you have arguably the best catch of all time from Justin Jefferson. You have somehow the Bills not being able to, uh, make a, a, a hand, not even a handoff, like uh, have a clean snap from Mitch Morris to Josh Allen, somehow fumbling in the end zone for a touchdown. Like just the entire thing was ludicrous. Um, bad officiating, which actually contributed to the game being better. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> but out of all of that, the Vikings being down by like 17, coming back and winning the game, the Vikings look like, a whole different team. Like we were talking about the giants and the impact of uh, the hiring of Brian Dable. How about the Vikings and the hiring of coach McConnell? Like that has been unbelievable. Like it has made an unbelievable difference for him. Uh, from what I understand, like the entire culture is different in Minnesota. Um, they are doing, they're approaching things all like way differently. And it really seems to be resonating with the players and they're getting results. Like, yes, they aren't blowing these teams out, blah, 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 whatever. But like, if you look at their, uh, the wins that they've had, like their one loss was to the Eagles who are obviously like one of the other best teams in the league this year. And then otherwise, like they've beaten the teams that they needed to beat the Packers, the Lions, the Saints, the Bears. But then they they beat the Dolphins. That's a great win. They beat the Cardinals, still like a dangerous team. The Commanders and then the Bills. Like, they've been getting it done. And now, after that Bills game, they're facing the Cowboys on Sunday. That will be a very tasty one. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but honestly, like, I'm just so happy about the Vikings doing better. Like this has always been a team that I think has had a lot of talent and for whatever reason have not been able to harness that talent and turn that into wins. But now that with this, with the new coaching staff and Kirk Cousins, isn't even like having his best season. It's literally like the running game has been playing well. The offensive line has been playing better. Dalvin Cook actually broke off a long run for a touchdown. I haven't seen that from him in a while, so that was great to see. Um, and then they trade for TJ Hawkinson, and he's been an immediate difference maker for him too. Like, there are so many reasons for Vikings fans to be excited about their team this year. Um, 
I think the win against the Bills has got to be number one, but there are so many others. So the homer in me wants to put them as a favorite. Um, I'll, I'll see, like, obviously I think contender is the, is the floor for them. Um, I'm interested to, to, to hear your opinion as a non-fan of the team. You know, is Kirk Cousins a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? Because that game is a prime time. <laughs> it's not Monday night, but <laughs> uh, that's my only reservation. Uh, otherwise, yes, uh, favorite. Um, first of all, Justin Jefferson has been a straight-up baller. He's really not that far behind Tyreek Hill in receiving yards. Tyreek Hill was like 1148 or something like that, and uh, Justin Jefferson is at 1060. So so he's also got more than eight-ish teams. I think like six. But, um, lo- I mean, we talked about this last week, but as a Lions fan, I hate the Hawkinson trade. As a... If I'm a Vikings fan, I love it. It addressed a big need there, added another dimension to their offense. Looking at their defense, um, Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks both have 75-plus tackles. Zadarius Smith is closing in on double-digit sacks midway through the season. Uh, Harrison Smith is still back there. Patrick Peterson's not having the worst season I've ever seen. I mean, Patrick Peterson just basically saved the the day and won the game for the Bill or for the Vikings against the bills last week. Like he was amazing. Um, Daniel Hunter's finally back. Like he doesn't look like prime Daniel Hunter or anything, but that's another pass rusher that you have to be careful of um, if you're an offensive line. So yeah, like you said, like they've got playmakers all over the place. They've been, they've been balling. So I'm, yeah, I'm content with this team at, uh, I mean, we can we can go on and like keep looking at it, but f- top of the contenders, if not bottom of favorites. All right, just just for my sake, let's put them at favorites for now, and then if we need to move them to the top of the contenders, then we can do so. Okay, that brings us to the Eagles. So we're back to back. We're going for these eight and one teams. Um, Remember that the Eagles just beat the Vikings. So I guess it's kind of fitting that we would talk about them right after the Vikings. Gotta love when things come together like that. Of course, the Eagles just suffered their first loss of the season uh, this past weekend to uh, to Washington. And Washington is 500. So it's not like that's a horrible loss. You know what I mean? Uh, I will say, since the Giants are 7-2, and two, and the Cowboys are six and three. It's not like they've run away with their division or anything. Uh, like three weeks from now, theoretically, they could be third. But Jalen Hurts has been fantastic. Miles Sanders way better than last season. And do you know why? It's because he's not on my freaking fantasy team. That's why. I mean, he is on one of your fantasy he's teams, on all, but he's on, he's he's on our fantasy team. But uh-huh. that's not the same as being on my fantasy. Team. Okay. I will say, but Dallas Goddard is going to miss extended time after getting injured in their their loss. 
So that obviously sucks. Also, AJ Brown, um, got like he still he went back into the game and and played um some, but he literally had one catch for seven yards in that game. He did not look hundred percent healthy. So that's two of their top three pass catchers potentially out, which is obviously not ideal. Um, so there is that to be said for him, but I think they've still shown that they are one of the better teams in the league so far this year. It just kind of comes down to um, health. And then also like, if you look at their schedule, I mean, Colts and Packers, the next two games, theoretically, both of those should be wins. And then Titans and, and Giants, and they actually faced the, the Giants twice, and then they have games against the Cowboys and the Titans, which are all fairly tough games. So I, like you said, I, I think they aren't so, like solid in, in terms of winning the division, where I think the Vikings basically are. They're like four and a half games in first place or something. Like there, There's no way even the Vikings are choking that. Um, but yeah, the Eagles, are, they aren't, they aren't solid in first place. I, I would be, I would probably call them a contender for right now. Um, but like, again, like top of the contenders, um, just because of potentially health concerns. And then also that they have some tough games left. And I want to see what, what they can do in terms of getting results out of those. Coincidentally, since we keep talking about Eagles and Vikings right next to each other here, it's interesting that they just added Linval Joseph today to add their add to their defensive line. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, so good on them. Uh, yeah, towards the top of the contenders, I'm good there. Awesome. And now we get to all the teams that we put up that we put above the Eagles and the Vikings in our preseason tier list. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the Cardinal Cardinals who. Just a second ago, you described as dangerous. Uh, they're in danger being in the bottom half of their division right now uh, at four and six. But it's not like they don't have weapons, you know, like there's it's not like it's impossible for them to turn this around. Um, let's see. Looking at their uh, their upcoming games, though. They've got. The 49ers and the Chargers. Those, I mean, very L-able games. Uh, but then Patriots, Broncos, Bucks, Falcons, and then 49ers again. Like, that feels like a 50-50 split, give or take. Yeah. And if that's the case, they, they stay a lo- they keep a losing record to end the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Cardinals just don't quite have enough uh, especially defensively um i mean they've they faced the rams which means they didn't and uh freaking john wolford or whatever his name is so like they the defense performed fairly well in that game but the previous games they allowed 31 34 and 34 points it's it's not going well for, for him on the defensive side of the ball and uh they got James Conner back 
and he scored a couple touchdowns against the Rams, so that was good for him. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, after his suspension, has been unbelievable, back to being the DeAndre Hopkins that we know. Um, Kyler Murray, obviously, their, I think their season really depends on him being able to come back. Colt McCoy did a, a very good job uh, standing in for him against the Rams, but that's not really who you want leading your team uh, if you have somebody with the talent of Kyler Murray. So I think it, they, they probably are a no shot at this point. Um, maybe towards the top of the no shots because they still have a chance and they're only two games under 500, but in that division also, that's the one where the Seahawks are leading it right now. I don't see the Rams coming back and making any kind of splash at all. So it could happen, but the way their defense has been playing and the, the, uh, injury question marks probably not well you keep mentioning their defense the only team that has allowed more points this season than them is the lions and they've only allowed six more points like this defense has been like swiss cheese <laughs> and yeah it's it's been bad uh porous like all around now that like to me that does put them at the no shots uh top the no shots but no shots Mm -hmm. all right this one will be an interesting one for us we had the cowboys at 14 right in the middle of the hopefuls to start the season they were able to ride um and and be pretty good while dak prescott was out injured even while ezekiel elliott has been out injured it hasn't mattered so you got to give them credit um for that right now they're six and three but their next couple games are against the vikings and the giants those could potentially be tough um they also have games against the eagles the titans and the commanders left and then some winnable games against the colts texans and jags so yeah i i don't know what to what to make of them i mean obviously that loss against the packers was pretty tough uh last sunday but it, I don't, I don't, I really don't know what to make of them because at some points their defense has looked amazing. And in the past couple games, they allowed 29 points to the Bears and then 31 points to the Packers, um, where they kind of been relying on their defense for the majority of the season while Cooper Rush was in there. So I don't know. I, I don't, I, I think it's a good team for sure. I don't know if it's like a, contending team though yeah like I mean looking at this their schedule like you said it they seem like one of the teams that has destiny more in their own hands uh, a lot of winnable games there a lot of games that they should be able to take care of business in but do I see them passing the Giants and the Eagles in that division? It's the Cowboys at the end of the day. I mean, probably not. Uh, I I kind of wish we were doing this after they played the Vikings. Because I think if they beat the Vikings, then I'd be like, all right, they, maybe they can be in the bottom of the contenders. And then if they, yeah. if they lost, then I'd be like, nope, definitely in the hopefuls. Yeah. But now I'm like, so- uh... So maybe the top so of the hopefuls will tell us a lot. Though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm good there. 
Okay. Oh gosh. The Raiders. Whew. Way to not capitalize on Devontae Adams. Like, how are y'all so bad? Two two wins? Two and seven with the with the latest thrashing coming at the hands of Jeff Saturday and the Colts and Matt Ryan. Did you see also did you see Matt Ryan's run of like 30 yards or whatever it was? Matt wheels. I was like, this is what happens when, when Matt Ryan has a chance, like rest his legs for, for a couple weeks. I was like, dang, I could see him accelerating. I was like, whoa, (laughs) I did not know that was possible. So like, shout out to Matt Ryan for getting another chance. Um, and Jeff Saturday for getting a dub, but the Raiders, I mean, this is this has got to be like them and the Broncos. I think it those are the two teams that have severely underperformed expectations. Where everybody was thinking, all right, you know, the Raiders they just barely um, wait. They made the play. They won that game against the Chargers last year, right? Yeah, so like they barely made the playoffs last year. They got absolutely smoked um, once they got there. But like, th- and this is a team that's adding Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs is fully healthy again. Like everything's lo- looking better. Like Darren Waller's healthy. He's not anymore. Uh, but no, the Raiders have been absolutely terrible. They cannot figure out a way to u- utilize their talent. And Josh McDaniels is like, is is it a one and done type type thing for him as head coach? They should have just rehired that Rich Basaccia guy who was doing so well for him as an interim head coach. But no, honestly, I, I don't understand. Like sometimes you just need to give these interim head coaches just like just give them a chance at the job. Yeah, if they're getting uh, results, then like what else do you want? Honestly, like. So with the Raiders, I'm looking at their losses. Okay, you lose to the Chargers by five. Sure. Lose by lose to the Cardinals by six. Okay, it's not that bad. Uh, Titans, you lose by two. That's not bad. Lose a one-point loss. Or you have a one-point loss to the Chiefs in Arrowhead. That's not bad. Okay. But then it gets scary the day before Halloween when you get shut out 24 nothing by the bottom of the NFC South Saints. And then you're... Uh, your comeback for that the next week is a seven-point loss to the Jags and then lose to Jeff Saturday's goal. Like, these are bad losses now. Like, it started off, okay, that's forgivable. Nope, never mind. It, it, it's not forgivable anymore. And then you still have to play the Chargers again. You still have, I mean, you have the toilet bowl game of, against the Broncos coming up. You have the Seahawks with a winning record. You have the, oh, we'll talk about the Rams. Uh, and then you have games against the Chiefs and the 49ers at the end of the season. Like, there's no silver lining for the black and silver. It's just black. Damn. That's tough, but true. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't already clear, we're putting them in the no shots. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, Raiders fans. It's it's got to be tough. Um, Titans were at number twelve, and this is a team that 
continues to find ways to win. You can really tell, like, Mike Vrabel is, I think, one of the best head coaches in the league because the Titans, they have basically no passing game to speak of whatsoever. And yet still they, like, they almost beat the Chiefs in Kansas City with Malik Willis at quarterback barely with like barely any passing yards. Like I don't even know how they were in that game for as long as they were. And they just keep they I mean they just keep winning games. It's very impressive. Um and right now they're sitting at 6 and 3 in the AFC South. That division looks pretty bad with the Colts, the Jags and the Texans. I don't think any of them really stand a chance. Um, the Titans, like I had higher hopes for their passing game. Uh, they drafted Traylon Burks. They got in Robert Woods. They have, uh, Austin Hooper at tight end. It just hasn't really happened for them. Um, Derrick Henry has started rounding into form, which has been obviously very good for him. And their defense has been the catalyst for them in terms of, um, why they why they're at six and three and why they're at the top of their division. So I don't know. To me it feels more like hopeful, but I really believe in Vrabel. Uh it's just the quarterback situation. I I really don't know if if they can realistically beat some of these teams, like if they can beat the Chiefs or the Bills or the Vikings or any of these teams. The Titans are similar to Michigan in college football in this way. If they can come out to an early lead, then they can beat anybody. Uh, Their run game is spectacular. But this team is not built for comebacks. And when we get into the playoffs, if they fall behind a couple touchdowns, you can can pretty much mark that down right away. They're not going to come back and win that game. That's not the team they are because of, like you said, quarterback situation. Yeah, I don't trust this team in the playoffs. Um if they like if they don't score early. However, if they do, then I really do trust them. Uh yeah, to me it's an upper hopeful team because of that. I I feel like I can't really go higher or lower than that. Mhm. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. All right, now, just outside of the top 10, at number 11, we had the Baltimore Ravens. They're also 6-3, and three, just like the Titans. Also top of their division. Um, they've got the Bengals right below them, breathing down their neck at 5-4, and four, and then the Browns and the Steelers, who aren't really looking like they're going to be contending for the division title. So I think the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. Um we know that they're dangerous when they get there. Um, so I'm I'm kind of thinking top like top of the hopefuls, maybe. I mean, Lamar is having a great season in his contract year. They've been able to survive the loss of Mark Andrews, which is a lot more than you would have potentially thought. And Rashad Bateman, he's out for the season too. So they've been able to get by with not that much of a, of a uh, or I guess their, their main weapons aren't there. 
Freaking J.K. Dobbins is on IR. <laughs> like Gus Edwards in and out of the lineup. So the fact that they're still able to score enough points and eke out these wins is it's impressive. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm thinking that without Andrews and Bateman, their top weapon is like Devin Duvernay. Uh, but yes, Lamar Jackson's been having a fantastic season. But I'm I don't know I'm looking at this team without those two threats. Uh, I mean, top like upper hopefuls maybe. Like if they still had Mark Andrews, I'd be saying contender. I don't know how how long he's out though. So. Uh oh well he might be, oh he might be coming back soon though. So. So we'll have, in theory, Mark Andrews in the playoffs. I could I could see lower contender for the Ravens. But if you want to keep them in hopefuls, I can, I can live with that. Yeah. I think lower contender is good. So now we have the 49ers. And that was the 49ers. So we had the 49ers 10th without Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> and with uh questions about their quarterback situation, whether like, like we were looking at Trey Lance for that. Uh, but you know, we have that injury. Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in. He's doing fine. Um, and then we still have a, t- a team full of threat or full of weapons there. Um, currently, currently they're sitting at five and four, a half game behind the, the Seahawks. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them overtake the Seahawks atop that NFC West. I think it's likely that they do that. So, yeah, obviously they've got a lot of weapons, a lot of really good pieces on defense as well, good coaching staff. Like they, I think they've underperformed what they should have. Like their record is is not as good as their talent um, and what they should be at this point. But I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, that they can overtake the Seahawks and win the division. So I'm still thinking more like top of hopefuls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's been a lot of uh, it's been mostly hopefuls, contenders, and stuff lately. Going back to no shots. <laughs> In my mind, at least. We've already mentioned this a little bit. The Denver Broncos. Man, the Russell Wilson trade. That's looking pretty bad for him. It's looking real bad. Um, obviously, losing Javante Williams for the season pretty early on. That was a major blow to him. And You know we love Javante Williams on this podcast. Yeah, we certainly do. And Wilson's been been pretty bad. Um, there's no other way around it. Judy got injured last game too. Not that he was doing amazing before that. Um, yeah, Broncos just don't look like. You know, sometimes you can just watch a team play and you're just like, nah, this is, this just it's just not going to happen. When you watch the Broncos play, that's that's the feeling you get. You don't want to keep watching. You're like, all right, I'll struggle through this these ten minutes of highlights of which their offense is probably on the field 
30% of the time in the highlights, if that. So, yeah, I, I think they've got to be a no shot. They're three, what, three and six? It's, um, it's been a, a major disappointment, um, just like the Raiders. I will say to our defense, if you were to watch any of the, I don't know, like first take or around the horn or whatever coming into the NFL season, um, they were higher on the Broncos than us. Like the, the media attention around the Broncos after that Russell Wilson trade was, oh, these are favorites now. And, you know. Or at least contenders. Top, yeah. We put them in our top 10. But, you know, I feel like ours was fairly tame compared to a lot of the national attention on this team. So, well, we didn't all the way fall for the hype. Yeah. I mean, and they were, they were in hopefuls, not contenders. So, yeah, there's that. But they're still falling two tiers down from yeah. going from hopefuls to no shots. So, all right. Another team That's that it. we got wrong. We we were yeah I think we were a little higher on the Colts than some people were, and uh, we've been proven wrong. Uh, but but they had a better they have a better record than the Broncos. Let's just that's true. Just say that that is true, and I would I think that the Colts are gonna maintain that for the rest of the season too. I think they're gonna have a better record than the Broncos. Matt Ryan back at quarterback. Sam Ellinger was not gonna get the job done. Like I don't know what they were doing. Honestly, um, in Indianapolis, like I think they are, uh, it was a, it was a good decision to go ahead and just clean house there. Jeff Saturday. I mean, what can you say? He's one and oh, he's undefeated. Um, so, you know, shout out to him. Like I said earlier, now they face the Eagles. So it might be a rude awakening, um, for, for Jeff Saturday, but, uh, you know, you got to give them some credit. They've got some tough games left to go for sure. Uh, I don't expect the Colts to really do anything else this season. They will probably win maybe two more games. I mean, it's pretty bad. They face the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Chargers, and the Giants. And then they have games against the Steelers and the Texans. But, like, that's pretty brutal. So... Maybe two, maybe three wins, and then that puts them at. Um, I believe that puts them at seven wins on the season. So, yeah, not not good, and probably in the the no shots category. Agreed. But more more towards the top of it, I would say. But still. Now, the Bengals, we, uh, you know, despite them going to the Super Bowl last year, we did not put them in the favorites category. Uh, we put them towards the bottom of our contenders list uh, at number seven, and they are currently five and four, second in their division behind the Ravens, one game behind, I'll be, uh, mind you, but. I mean, based on that seven, like I feel decent about our preseason guess on them. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit below that because 
they I feel like I feel like they're a hopeful for me at this mm-hmm. point. Um, it's between them and the Ravens for the division. I would probably tip the Ravens to win it. And then maybe they get in as a wild card, but they don't look quite as good. Obviously, getting Jamar Chase back is vital for him. And they had that one crazy explosion from Joe Mixon in that Panthers game uh, where he basically carried them to victory, literally. Uh, but Shout out to all fantasy owners of Joe Mixon for that week. just want to say this. I faced Joe Mixon that week, and I still won in one of my leagues. So that's all I'm going to say. Uh, it hasn't been a good year overall for fantasy football for me, but at least I have that, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I, I think the Bengals are probably in the hopefuls. Um, definitely a good team, but not necessarily at the level of some of the ones that we've talked about or are, or are going to talk about. Like this next team which is the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. They're 7-2. and two. Mahomes is probably the MVP at this point of the season. He has been unbelievable. Tyreek Hill, Tyreek who? Uh, it hasn't really mattered. Uh, Kelsey has obviously been doing his thing. It's been balling. They still don't really need a running game, which is just crazy. Um, different guys coming in and out, uh, other wide receivers. Um Juju has had a pretty good season so far. Unfortunately, he got a pretty bad concussion, so that's not great. But Nicole Hardman's had a pretty decent season. Uh, Valdez Scantling's been doing all right. Their new pickup, Kadarius Tony, had a pretty good game last week. So their offense has been clicking, as it always does. And the defense has been making enough plays. Uh, Chris Jones has had a great season. Carlos Dunlap's been doing well for him. Um, and really the defense only needs to be average when their offense is so good. So I think they've got to be in the favorites right now. Well, the defense basically is average. They're like right around the middle in, uh, in points allowed. They're right around the middle in turn in turnovers as well. Uh, I think they're between 15 and 20 in both of those categories. So, so yeah, I mean, that's fair, but yes, uh, Patrick Holmes, great season answering, uh, are addressing the doubts if if anyone had them about Tyreek Hill leaving showing that he can still do that regardless uh yeah so yeah chiefs at uh at contenders oh i said favorites favorites i mean week in week out i don't know if there's a team that i felt better about winning each week than the chiefs yeah, despite what I said about their point or about their uh the points allowed, their uh their third in point differential in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, their two losses, one of them came to the Colts. That was just like a shock. Like it's kind of like the Commanders beating the Eagles. Like sometimes those things just happen. And then they lost to the Bills. Like other than that, they've handled some other good teams like the Titans, the Niners, uh, the Buccaneers, the Chargers, the Cardinals, like those are some middling teams, some good teams, but they've been able to to take care of their own business for the most part. And, you know, we put the Chargers ahead of them by one. That's who we're talking about next, um, which was a mistake. But yeah, I'd, I would have the Chiefs as, as favorites. 
right now. Let's do it. But yes, now I have to talk about the Chargers, who are five and four. Uh, they are second in that division behind the Chiefs. Um, and squarely so. Like, they're probably not catching up with the Chiefs in that division, but the Broncos and the Raiders, in all likelihood, are not catching up to them either. Yeah. Uh, a, a wild card feels safe for the Chargers. Which, with their injury luck or lack thereof, would be very impressive. Obviously, we were projecting the Chargers if they remained healthy and they had all of their star players. Uh, that has not been the case at all. They're missing <clears throat> their top two receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, they're one of their big uh, additions in the offseason was JC Jackson at corner. He's injured. Um, there And there are more too. Like there are so many guys. Joey Bosa has been out. Like there are so many guys who have been out that I think there's like a, there's some metric that's like injured or measures the amount of like the impact that injuries have had on a team's performance um, or lack thereof. And the charges are like by far have had the, the worst, I think it's maybe like wins added or something have had by far the worst um, metric of that, of any team. Their injury woes have just been crazy. And like, and Herbert has been dealing with his rib injury too. I'm sure that that's still bothering him. He has not been playing as well as he normally has, which part of that, he doesn't have his weapons, but part of that too, is I'm sure he's hurting out there and he's, he's fighting for his team, which you got to give him credit. But yeah, the chargers to me, they, they feel like a hopeful at this point, but like towards the bottom of the hopefuls, um, because if they had, if they were at full strength, then maybe, it's it's different, and maybe we'd be talking about the Chargers and the Chiefs going at it for who controls that division. But right now, I think the best the Chargers can do is just try to stay afloat until they get some of these guys back. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, which is, it is a shame that that's how it's unraveled. But I mean that that is to our defense, though. Like we, do, if a if a team just overperforms or underperforms our expectations, that's one thing. But I don't really blame like ourselves if a team just gets hurt, and that's why they're not doing as well. For sure. Now, the Packers in Aaron Rodgers' worst year ever. It's up there for, for sure. sure. Yeah, like certainly not the Aaron Rodgers we're used to. Good gracious, uh, being without Devonte Adams. Uh, the team that loses Devontae Adams is struggling. The team that gained Devontae Adams is struggling. Like they, they just oh, bless it. Yeah, they just wanted to press Control Z on that one and just be like, let's just not do that. Um, let's pretend we didn't make that trade. Yeah, for sure. Even having that. Yeah, man, the Packers. They'd lost five games in a row before they finally pulled that game out against the Cowboys, which basically saved their season. I I'm not ready to call the Packers completely out of it yet now out of the division. Yes. There's no way that the Vikings screw this up this bad. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, uh, but 
in terms of a wild card team, I think the Packers definitely have a chance. Number one, part of that is because the NFC is not uh, that great. And the NFC East, which has all those teams that are 500 or above, that could be like a cannibal situation where they all just cannibalize each other and they they all split the games. And so they're all kind of in the mix, but not, not quite. And that could give the Packers some room to go in and... Um, and make a or get a, a wild card spot, but they've got the Titans and the Eagles as their next two games. They beat the Cowboys, so like you never know. And Christian Watson could be the the answer to uh, the Packers' um, prayers on offense. Certainly, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's been like, please, somebody, can someone get open? Um, and Christian Watson was able to do that. So shout out to him, but. Yeah, t- Titans and Eagles, that's pretty tough. If they can even go one and one in those games, it set, sets them up pretty well because the Bears, I mean, who Aaron Rodgers owns. I was about to say, life, you know. yeah, he's he's a part owner of, of that franchise. Um, the Rams, like, they should win that one. But then they have the but, Dolphins and the, pa- or, sorry, the Dolphins and the Vikings. So that's tough too. I don't know. He, he does get to, they do get to end their schedule against the Lions. That's, I mean, that's nice. But, who, like, they need to make it so that that game actually matters and not just like a, eh. Well, also, end the, season. the Lions beat them two weeks ago. So yeah. it's also not a, it's not a, a it's not a, a given that they would win that game. But I don't know. I feel like a long shot is probably where I'd put them. I'm not willing to say there's no shot, but it's. No, long shot seems right. Yeah. Definitely one of those teams that has underperformed. And I know at least on my end, I was like, oh, well, you got Aaron Rodgers and you got that defense and those two running backs. Like you should be all right. But that has not been the case. So I was wrong about that one. Speaking of being wrong, uh, we we are now in the our preseason favorites tier where we had the defending Super Bowl champs, the Rams, who now the defending Super Bowl chumps. I mean, you know how I was talking about the Broncos and you watch them and you're just like, nope, it ain't happening. That's what I see when I watch the Rams, which maybe this their whole strategy has caught up to them of, uh, you know, selling all their, their draft picks and, you know, putting together all these stars and like one year contracts and like kind of aging stars and stuff. Um, that, that luck's finally run out and the, the nail in the coffin was Cooper cup being put on IR with a high ankle sprain, both to the Ram season and also one of my fantasy team seasons. So thanks for that. Um, brutal. Uh, I lost cup and Goddard. So that's, that's everything's fine. Um, but for the Rams, like it's basically over Matt Stafford. I don't know how healthy he's going to be for the rest of the season anyway. Like it might just be time to just call it. Um, who knows? Maybe Sean McVay and Aaron Donald are like, Nope, actually we're done at the end of the season. <laughs> like we should have just retired. We should have actually just retired. Like we were saying that we were going to, but um, yeah, definitely a letdown season, Super Bowl hangover, whatever you want to call it for the Rams. Yeah, there's, 
I mean, how many different ways can we say that it's just an utter disappointment? I mean, on paper, everywhere, everywhere you look, it's like, oh, this should have been going so well, but then everywhere you look on the field, it's just not. And whether it's injuries or just subpar performance, no, this is the hangover to end all Super Bowl hangovers. Uh, no shot. Literally, they go from favorites to no shots within zero nine games. Zero. Like that is, I don't even know if that's happened in the history of us doing tier lists. Like that is bad. In the history of the Mike and Dave podcast, that is like, I know we had the Bengals last year go all the way from no shots to basically, you know, coming in second. Uh, but I don't think we've had one where it's the, the fall has been that, that steep. So, yeah, they still got their Super Bowl though. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I'm a Rams fan, like worth it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Next up, the Buccaneers. Tom Brady. Should mm, you're, you're not should have stayed retired. You're you're not the same. You're in danger of Brett farving it. Just I mean it's not gonna be it's never gonna be that bad because he has the seven rings and everything. Uh, so he has more legacy to lean on, but this is not the song that this is not the same Tom Brady. No, it's not. Um, they also don't have a great running game and the defense has definitely regressed as well as the offensive line. Um, and I think I've definitely been able to see Brady kind of rushing it a little bit. I mean, he's still got a great, like he's still got great weapons around him Fournette. Um, obviously like Julio Jones, Godwin, Mike Evans, like these are still the same guys. Um, but the offensive line has really hurt, uh, their offense. Like how how often do we talk about this? Like the importance of the, of the line, but it really has. And, um, that's had a big impact. And then, like I said, their defense has not been nearly as good. Um, but it's, it's been a combination of they haven't really been able to put it together. I mean, they're 5-5 five and five right now. They're at the top of the NFC South. I I think it's probably a safe bet that they are going to win the division and make it into the playoffs. And Tom Brady in the playoffs, like, he his record stands for itself, right? Um, I think they still have enough star pieces to where they can potentially make a run. Um, but... Uh, they're definitely not a favorite anymore and probably not a contender at this point. To me, I mean, you said it, like they're going to make the, almost surely going to make the playoffs and then it's playoff Tom Brady in just, in just a few games, right? Like once you make the playoffs in the NFL, you really only have to win a few games, relatively speaking. It's not like the NBA where you have to win 16 games, but can can I count on Brady to win a few in the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't last year, but... No, but basically every other season of his career he does. Or at least gets there. Mm-hmm. Uh, upper side of the hopefuls is what, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm with you. 
and then there was one. One team left. We had the Buffalo Bills at number one in our preseason tier list. And barring a couple of late collapses by Josh Allen, they would probably be number one again, I would say. Um, And by no means do I think that they are out of the conversation for um, favorite. But I think at this point, with back-to-back losses to the Jets and the Vikings, like it's not looking great right now. Also, the um, the injury to Josh Allen's elbow, which he was still able to play, but that's not a great sign for like, his long-term health, obviously, and also for the rest of the season. So it's kind of a tough one. I don't I don't really know how to how to judge them at this point because. Like they have some really good wins. Like they beat, they destroyed the Titans in week two. They lost by two points to the Dolphins. And then they beat the Ravens. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Packers. Like these are some really good wins. But also, they're third in their own division right now. And so, can you really call them like favorites? I don't think so. Maybe they're in the contenders now. Yeah, I'm looking at contenders. I mean, yeah, the last two they have two losses by three points, um, but they have ma- they have ground to make up in their own division, like you said. Now, I believe that they'll pass the Jets. Um, as for the Dolphins, I mean, we know the Dolphins are looking great. Uh, Josh El- uh, Josh Allen's elbow does concern me a little bit. I think the question ultimately is. Dolphins or Bills right now? Who who would I take? Yeah. Uh, I would still probably take the Bills. Well, we had the Dolphins towards the top of the contenders. Yeah. Well, our, our three contenders right now are Dolphins, Eagles, and Ravens. And then we have the Vikings and the Chiefs as favorites. Mm-hmm. Now, we did have three favorites in the original. So if we put the Bills at the bottom of the favorites, that would keep that consistent, I guess, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I feel better about, well, I don't know. Eagles or Bills? Probably Bills. Well, I... I want to know about Josh Allen's elbow. I mean, he was able to to play, but like he, you could tell like his accuracy was not as on point. So I'm wondering like, is this a situation where he's going to be having to deal with this the rest of the season and it affects him like that? I don't know. I think the Eagles potentially deserve it more because they're eight and one and the bills are six and three. (laughs) They both have injury questions. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. What about the Ravens? I don't feel quite as good about the Ravens as I do about the other two. Okay. So maybe, so maybe we go 
Well, do you want Eagles to say contenders or go up to favorites? I think it just depends on do we want three favorites? Well, if not, we'd have two favorites and four contenders, which I think is probably more appropriate. Okay, let's do that then. Okay, so we'll put Bills and contenders as well. Okay. Um, All right, so do you want to start at no shots and get to numbering them? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Texans, 32. Yep. Easy. Next, okay. I'm looking at, I mean, the Raiders have been terrible. Um, the Lions have been pretty bad. The Panthers. Yeah, uh, to me, probably the Panthers are next, especially since they'll be without Christian McCaffrey now. Okay. Or for the rest of the season as well. But yes, um, Lions and Raiders. Maybe in that order. So Raiders at 30? Uh, I'm, I'm good either way. I, I, I'd i probably have Raiders at 29. All right. But that's fine. Jaguars, Saints, uh, Broncos. I mean, the Broncos do look terrible. Um. Okay, so the ones that we have left, there are no shots. We have the Rams, the Colts, Broncos, Cardinals, Steelers, Saints, Browns. Jaguars, Falcons. Okay, we've got a lot of no shots. Jaguars, Falcons, and Bears. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking the Jags or maybe the mm-hmm. Saints. Yeah, I'm thinking Jags at 28, Saints at 27. All right. I don't think we can put the Bears too much higher. Yeah. So Bears 26, Broncos 25, or Falcons 25? Broncos. They're so bad. Alright, so we have the Falcons, Browns, Steelers, Cardinals, Colts, and Rams. Between the Steelers and Browns, which one do you think is better for the rest of the season? Browns. Steelers and Falcons. Falcons. It's a tough one. You want to put the Steelers next then? Yeah. Steelers at 24. Browns 23. All right. And Falcons 22. Okay. Cardinals, Colts, Rams. I think the Cardinals and the Colts are at the top of it. 
I would put the Rams next. Who would have thought the the Falcons would be one behind the Super Bowl champion? <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Cardinals next, and then Colts. I think I would probably put the Cardinals above the Colts. I I'm thinking about the Colts uh, remaining schedule, and it was brutal. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, Colts twenty, Cardinals nineteen. Okay. Wait. Well, that was our biggest. Yeah. Okay. So, long shots: Seahawks, Commanders, Patriots, Packers. I mean, okay, Patriots, I think we said we're going to be the bottom of the long shots. Because it would have been blasphemous to make them no shots. Mm-hmm. I think the Commanders, too. Mm-hmm. I would probably... I mean, I feel better about the Patriots than the Commanders. But mm-hmm. the Patriots are in that really tough division. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots are AFC versus... The NFC commanders as well. Mm-hmm. It's like in a vacuum, I like the Patriots better, but yeah, like in its totality, I'd probably put the commanders higher. Okay. So that makes the Patriots 18, commanders 17, Seahawks Packers. So we have, I think it's got to be the Packers. The Seahawks are way ahead of them already. Like they've six and four versus three and six. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Seahawks get top of the long shots. On to hopefuls. We have Jets, Giants, Cowboys, Titans, 49ers, Bengals, Chargers, and Buccaneers. So you said... Next in the hopefuls, we had the Giants, Giants, Cowboys, Titans, Niners, Bengals, Chargers, Bucks, and Jets, and Jets. Jets have the injury to Brees Hall and quarterback situation. Lack and lack of pedigree. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, they they're a good story, but how good are are they actually? Probably the worst team here. Probably. Like, uh, yeah, I'd take any of these other teams before them. Yeah. Okay. So fourteen. I almost want to do the favorites and the contenders and end with the hopefuls because this is tough. Um, yeah. Yeah, the hopefuls, I, I mean, I can make an argument for almost all of these teams. Yeah. Like we just, what we just talked about with the Buccaneers, like once they get in the playoffs, you never know. Um, the Giants have the best record out of any of these teams. Mm-hmm. The Chargers, if they have their, like they're already five and four, if they're, if they get some of these guys back, then I think they have a decent chance. The Bengals s- still look pretty good and are coming off of a Super Bowl appearance last year. Cowboys have looked really good and ha- now have Prescott back. 
Titans still have find a way to win the games and pretty much guaranteed to win their division. Niners potentially best weapons in the NFL probably going to win their division too. Like I guess if if I had to stack these teams up against each other, I still don't feel that great about the Giants. Same. So maybe just put the Giants next. I mean, the biggest one that I got an if next to was the Chargers, if they get these guys back. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. The Buccaneers have le- have probably looked the least conv- or are probably the least convincing right now. I'm just going off of like Brady history. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't looked that great. Yeah. I mean, his touchdown interception ratio is still great. They're not winning games. Not, yeah. And this this decision is whoever's out of the top 10. I think the Titans and the Cowboys are near the top for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I would boost the 49ers into that as well. Okay. So it's basically Bengals and Buccaneers is what we have. Yeah. Want to just do Bucks at 11 and Bengals at 10? Yeah. All right. Bucks at 11, Bengals at 10. Mm hmm. Cowboys at 49. Oh, Cowboys 9, 49ers 8. Yeah. Okay, Titans 7. Okay. Contenders. All right, so we got past the hard one. Yeah, that was that was tough. Okay. Contenders. We got Dolphins, Eagles, Bills, and Ravens. All right. I think I think the Bills and the Eagles are the top two, and then the Dolphins and the Ravens are the bottom two. Same. I think the Ravens are the bottom. Okay. Six. So that makes Dolphins five. Mm. I mean, Eagles have only lost one game. Yeah. I think we got to give them the credit that they deserve. And the way that Josh Allen has looked the past two games, like, it's not great. Mm. And then I I think that the Chiefs have to be number one. Yeah. Vikings number two. All right. So... Time to recap and present in full our midseason NFL tier list for 2022. In the no shots, going from 32 all the way to 19. So we've at this point we've been able to take almost half the NFL and say, Y'all are not winning. We have Texans at 32, then Panthers. Lions, Raiders, Jags, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Rams, Colts, and Cardinals as the best team with no shot. Yeah, and then that moves us into the long shots. We're at number 18. We have the Patriots, 17, Washington Commanders, 16, Packers, 15 Seahawks. It's only four in that category, which I feel like is fair at this point. Yeah. 
I agree. Then in the hopefuls, our hardest category to rank in tier was <clears throat> the Jets at 14, Giants at 13, Chargers at 12, Buccaneers at 11, Bengals at 10, Cowboys at 9, 49ers at 8, and Titans at 7. And then getting into the business end here, the contenders, we have the Ravens at 6, Dolphins cracking the top 5, with the Bills coming in at number 4, and the Eagles coming in at number 3. And then our favorites, one NFC team, the Vikings at 2, and one AFC team, the Chiefs, as our midseason favorite, number 1 overall for 2022 midseason NFL tier list. And that just about does it. So two hours later, um, we have arrived here. So yeah, so that's typically how we come up with the tier lists uh, off air. Uh, We just kind of go through each team and talk about them, figure out what tier they go into, and then decide on the actual rankings of them from 32 to to number one. Uh, And, it it is pretty similar to that. We we definitely kind of uh, talked a little bit more about specific things for the podcast, of course, but that's pretty much how it goes. And we figured it would be a cool experiment to actually do it on the podcast itself uh, instead of doing some of it off air and then some of it like y- y'all getting the finished version, I guess. So definitely let us know how you liked this format. Um, Definitely a little bit longer, of course, but that's just what's going to happen. You know, that's just how it is. Um, so let us know if you like this format, of course, on social media at Mike and Dave Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we would appreciate your feedback and letting us know if you enjoyed it. We won't talk to you again until after Thanksgiving. So we hope that you all have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, with whatever traditions you have with uh with that but we will be back the friday uh the friday after thanksgiving so that will be december 2nd that'll be our our next episode release and hopefully maybe not hopefully i mean if you're listening to this i would imagine that at least one of those traditions involves watching football so uh, whether that's nfl or college some of the best games of the year happen Thanksgiving week slash weekend. So definitely looking forward to those for sure, especially college. And and just think that means the next episode of the Mike and Dave podcast will be after the Michigan, Ohio state game. You said Michigan, Ohio state instead of Ohio state, Michigan. Does that mean that you're feeling y'all's chances? Oh my gosh. Okay. All I'm going to say is I'm hoping for bad weather in Columbus. <laughs> like, I don't want y'all throwing the ball on us because every receiver over 6'2 mosses us and Marvin Harrison Jr., A, is a beast, B, is 6'4". Uh, and they've got those injuries to both their running backs, so. Yeah. So, meanwhile, we have a Heisman candidate at running back and a, another really really good running back at our back as backup and we're not built to come back so like all i'm saying is if michigan had been facing ohio state instead of northwestern 
that would have been an ass whooping. <laughs> so, so that's what I want. If if we're getting perfect weather, I'm scared. But well, but, it will be the end of November in Ohio. So, like theoretically, the weather wouldn't be great. But you never know these days. Um, but best of luck to you in that endeavor. Um, I really hope that Florida state beats Florida. We've been looking pretty good. We're in the top 20 now ranked. So I know that it's, it's not in the college football playoff conversation, but it's better than we've been for a a good amount of years now. So I will take it. Um, and of course, a win over Florida is always, um, something to look forward to. So, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um, as always, thank you very much for listening. And like Mike said, we will be back in a couple weeks. Absolutely. This has been Mike. This has been Dave, and you've been listening to the Mike and Dave Podcast. <laughs>